Thanks for listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Our podcast has tripled in growth over the last year, and we'd like to say thank you. It's because of you. We're growing. The great thing about the podcast is that we're able to cover some edgy topics and discuss them in a very real way without having to worry about advertisers. To keep it this way and to keep it growing, we're asking you, our loyal subscribers, to give. Give at least about $5 a month minimum. Become a Patreon supporter of GP3. We will shout you out and include you in upcoming monthly e-blast. And there's more to come. At least $5. That's barely, what, giving up two gallons of gas a month? Go to our podcast page and sign up click the link to support our podcast you can do it here's the show we three from gp ran to tommy b broadcasting live on your frequency giving you updates on these georgia streets these are voices for the people that don't get to speak Issues, black news, the conversation's deep Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat iPods, Androids, or your laptop These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie Then came a long way from being homies on the block From afros and braids and now they at the top You want facts? This is where I get them from GP3RTT at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Ran and Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. GP3 round 121. Rand, you, you remember when we were damn wondering whether or not we were going to make it to 100. And uh, here we are at number 121, man. How you doing today? I'm doing right. And how about you? All right, man. I'm doing OK. I'm doing OK. We got some grumbles. You know, we don't do our um, our show in the same studio. So uh, technology is going to catch up in just a minute. I, I guess we'll go ahead and officially call it uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Tommy B's in the house. Rand's in the house. Rand, let everybody know about the uh, GP3 story, man. Well, well, GP3 stands for Grove Park 3, uh, started by three childhood friends. We all went to the Grove Park Elementary School in the Grove Park community in Atlanta. My name is Rand. I grew up on South Elizabeth Place. Uh, the third member, who's now retired, Tut, uh, he grew up on uh, Charlotte Place. And uh, Tommy B on North Avenue, man. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this week, man. You know, of course, it's Black History Month. Damn, racism just keeps on raining from somewhere. Another black choice for president. You know, we'll talk 45 talk as well, man. So uh, before we get into it, man, you got any shout outs? Uh, yeah, man, I got a couple, man. You know, I uh, want to give a shout out to all the candidates out there who are announcing themselves uh, in terms of uh, running. Also, too, uh, on this date in 1920, man, the... Uh uh, Negro League was formed. And that, at one point, that was probably one of the largest um, African-American businesses in the world right there. Wow. Um, on this day in 1963, uh, Anthony Lucy became the first African-American at the University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa. Um, got some birthdays coming up tomorrow. Would it, would it be uh, uh, Rosa Parks' birthday? Also, uh, on this week, on the 5th, Hank Aaron will be it will be his birthday. Hammer and uh, Hank. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, also, too, um, on tomorrow, in 1794, France abolished slavery. Wow. 1794. <laughs> 1794, man. Hey, you know, man, uh, you got anything else? Uh, you know, if you guys in the Atlanta area this week, um, 
SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, is having their TV Fest festival, the 7th, 8th, and 9th. Um, it's going to be some interesting panels, and it's going to be talking to people on how to get into the industry, uh, whether you're a filmmaker or an uh, actor or an actress. Uh, they're going to have the cast from All American with the Tay Diggs um, uh, TV show. They're going to be in town. Tay is going to be in town himself. Very cool. Um, so, um, and also they're going to have some people from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, the writers from Grey's Anatomy are going to be there. So uh, I would encourage you to go to the website to see if there's any more tickets. They have day passes. The day passes are uh, relatively inexpensive. They're $25. Uh, they allow you to do anything uh, that happens before um, 6, 6 p.m. So, is that at um, the um, bets on the SCAD website? It's on the SCAD website, SCAD Atlanta. Okay, very cool. Okay. And so. make sure to shoot me that link so I'll make sure I put it on the uh, podcast uh, page too. You got anything else, man? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Killer Mike. Um, I um, happened to listen to um, his, uh, see his show on um, Netflix. Um, thought it was very provocative. Liked a lot of the things he said. And also too, he was on the Breakfast Club this week. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, and that was a, a very, very interesting and enlightening um, uh, segment. Um, appreciate what he's doing. Um, keep it up, kill him. Big time, man. He, uh, you know, it was, I, I wouldn't call it an argument, more of a discussion with um, DJ Envy. And I won't go into, into detail, but when they were talking about the education, the, um, you know, private education versus public education, charter schools, um, you know, that, that that's a pretty... Uh, interesting conversation, you know. So, um, yeah, I will say definitely kudos to um, to Mike for making us think, man. So, yeah, absolutely. Keep it up. Hey, man, I want to give a shout out to uh, Rosie's Coffee uh, over next door to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, black owned, um, does soul breakfast, you know, salmon croquettes, grits, grits and 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 shrimp and all that stuff. And um, she was highlighted quite a bit this week in media with uh, this being Super Bowl week. Um, uh, she basically did enough business, I think, uh, or enough business to where she went 24-7. Um, you know, as we tape this podcast, it is Super Bowl Sunday. So she's going to stay open, I think, Tuesday um, until, you know, around the clock. Um, but but kudos to her, man. And, and also I have to shout out... Um, Really, Arthur Blank and the Foundation, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, all the haters thought that they couldn't pull it off and do a good job of it this week. And actually, they did a, a fairly good job of making sure that everything um, was done well for people visiting the city uh, for the Super Bowl, man. And and um, as a native, man, I have a sense of pride when, when you know, when things like that go well, uh, because it does mean a, lot, mean a lot to the future of the city. Uh, I will challenge the city, man, and, and, and say, you know, don't forget about those communities still around um, the Dome, uh, Mercedes-Benz, because, you know, you got Vine City, you got English Avenue, uh, Ashview Heights. Um, as a matter of fact, Gladys Knight, who's singing the national anthem tonight, grew up in, 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 in on English Avenue in that area. My mom used to teach over there. Actually, she started her teaching career over there. So, you know, I, I got a special place in my heart for that area, man. I used to drive past it all the time going to H.R. Butler Elementary School, Grady Home. So, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, my hope is that they make sure that they secure affordable housing uh, for those people in that area, you know. So you just want to give them a shout out, man. Yeah. 
Right. No, man, I, I was actually over there this week and I was doing some stuff over there. Um, uh, you know, I guess that the fact is this is what our third or fourth Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I know. think it's uh, is it the third? Because I, I remember the one where uh, Ray, what was his, what's his name? Baltimore. That was Ray, Ray Lewis. That was that was 2000. That was the uh, St. Louis Rams against Tennessee. Yeah. And I think that was one in 94. That was the Cowboys versus the um, the Bills. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And um you know, but, um, you know, it keeps getting bigger and better. The city is definitely a whole lot bigger and better than it was in those previous Super Bowls, and, and it keeps growing. So, um, and, you know, moving on, man, it is Black History Month, man. And I, I want to play a little bit, Rand. I had an opportunity to talk to um, Cool Bell from Cool in the Gang. And uh, the full interview is going to air on You Need to Know. But uh, because it's Black History Month, man, I'm just going to play a blurb and um, encourage y'all. You know, this is a month, man, where we celebrate people who've made significant impact on the culture. And you know what amazes me, Rand, that these guys are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, and uh, they have seven Grammys, American Music Awards, multi-platinum. They've sold 80 million albums worldwide. Uh, 25 top 10 R&B, 9 pop, 31 gold, platinum, and these guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Well you, well, you know, man, there's a lot of a lot of artists like that, man. I mean, you know, the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, uh, anytime you, you deal with these type of entities, again, um, one of the problems most people have is they try to think objectively about a subjective institution. Yeah, but when you look at the numbers and the impact, there are people in the Hall of Fame now who don't even come close, don't even come close. And, well, you know, it um, depends know. on how what they weigh. You know, is it numbers or impact? I mean, oh, it's impact. Know, like, well, come on, man. Cool in the game. <laughs> even I, now. I mean, but, but you know, cool, yeah. cool in the game, when they went through a metamorphosis. Of course. But okay. com- commercially, even commercially, their music is in probably I, some not, of the biggest I, pop I'm not culture. Arguing, I'm not yeah. arguing against them not being in the Hall of Fame. What I'm saying is that it depends on the year mm-hmm. and the artists who are up for the Hall of Fame and what is the mindset. Again, it's like the Grammys. It's like the Oscars. No one knows what the criteria is. Yeah, but it I go into a black box. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to get off my soapbox. But but I, you know, I see the impact of some of these other guys, some of these other groups and some of these other uh, artists who are going in and, and it just doesn't compare. But but real quick, man, I, this isn't the long part, but I want to. You know, basically just play a little bit of the interview. And before this, you're going to hear um, a little bit of the song uh, that he's on with his son. But uh, here we go. So pro, tell me what to do, baby. She said, I'm more loyal. She royal. Give me anything I want, baby. What you want? What you want, baby. She said, I'm more loyal. All right, baby. She said, I love you. I showed up and dropped the bills. Hey, 
uh, Jersey is in the building. And I don't know what's in the water in Jersey. A whole lot of just so many iconic artists and bands. Who on earth has not heard a Cool in the Gang song? And myself, raised on Jungle Boogie, Summer Madness, Hollywood Swing, and Funky Stuff. And then I watched... Uh, oh, yeah. I watched you guys reinvent and, and, and really in the late 70s, 80s with Ladies Night Too Hot, Celebrate, Joanna Cherish, Freshman's Lead. I go on and on. You're still on the road, still touring, celebrating 50. Congratulations to that. And now you're adding your touch to your son. And I, and I had a chance to talk to him. Uh, cool. He, he said he was your DJ, your hype man, part of the band. And now he's okay, doing yeah. this song, Royalty, which is amazing. And you guys have added the horns. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to speak to a legend, <laughs> Robert Cool Bell. Sir, how you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm going to jump right into this. And our podcast, we uh, we highlight a real deep range of listeners. Um, everybody who, who probably may have been with you at the beginning of your ride to where you are now. How would you put the band in perspective from the start 50 years ago to where you are now? Let me go back because it's been very short changes. Uh, we go back to uh, 64 when we started at the Jazzy Axe. And then we changed the name to the uh, Soul Town Band. And then Cooling the Flames. And then Cooling the Gang. Now, uh, when we were Cooling the Flames, we changed the name because you had James Brown and the Famous Flames. Absolutely, yep. So we didn't want to have any problems with the Godfather. So <laughs> we tried to come up with something. Well, we just called ourselves Cooling the Gang. And then we recorded our very first record came out in 1969. It was called Cool and the Gang. The album was called Cool and the Gang. And the group was called Cool and the Gang because everything was cool in the gang. <laughs> so that gives us that 50 years now here in 2019. July 3rd, this year will be 50 years. You know, I, I had a conversation. It's, it's interesting. Around this time last year, uh, I had a conversation with James M. Tumay, and um, we were just talking about how bands, how there's a lack of band presence in R&B. Back then, you guys started there were a ton of bands. Fierce competition among bands. Do you think that hurts the R&B genre when you don't see as many bands on the scene? I would say to some degree because, you know, um, because we're a band, so it would be nice to see more bands, you know, on the scene. You know, um, back in the day, you're talking about the Ohio players, uh, P-Funk Mob, you're talking about Earthland Fire, and uh, Commodores, and Band Drill, and War, and Go on and on. And uh, today, you know, you probably got Juno Mars, uh, maybe Men Condition, but I don't know if too many others. There probably are, but that's all I can think of right, think of right now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, but thanks to, um, to Cool Bell. That's... Um just a snippet of the interview. Uh, it's going to be available this week on the You Need to Know podcast, and I'll have the link for it um, on the podcast page, man. But but just uh, you know, you know what else surprised me, man? Uh, he is also you know an entrepreneur, man. He's working with a company that does renewable energy across the globe. Um, you know, provides that. Um, he, he's touring. I mean, everywhere from the Czech Republic to throughout Africa. So uh, definitely still making impact, still touring, still making music. Um, icon, just an icon, man. Yep. All right. Anything else there, Rand? No, man. I, I, you know, I, I used to go to them when they were, uh, at the time, they were aligned with the, with the black Muslims, man. I used to check them out years ago. Yep. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, they've undergone, he's, he's really changed his name. I think he still uses uh cool bell just as part of the group along with his brother. But yeah, I mean, they, he is, uh, you know, a philanthropist as well. So um, black history month, man, I'm going to celebrate this week, man, Robert Cool Bell. Thank you so much. And uh, end up uh, the full interviews on the You Need to Know podcast. All right. Hey, man, we're going to jump. Um, we got so much to talk about this week. Rand, you know, I'm going to do something a little bit different, Rand, this week. I- I've got um, uh, what I call the week that was. I'm going to go ahead and let it roll. And when this is done, let's talk about some of this stuff. It's such a busy week, man. It's just hard to keep up with. So let's take a look at the week that was. California Democrat Senator Kamala Harris formally announced her campaign for president at a rally in her hometown of Oakland. We must answer a fundamental question. Who are we? Who are we as Americans? So let's answer that question to the world and each other right here and right now. America We are better than this. Harris is facing some scrutiny about her past actions. Critics say she will need to prove to the party's diverse and progressive base that some of the decisions she made as a top prosecutor that were unpopular with liberal activists will not follow her to the White House. Fueling more speculation about her future in politics, Stacey Abrams, who nearly became Georgia's governor, will deliver the Democratic response to President Trump's State of the Union address next Tuesday. Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer. She is just a great spokesperson. She's an incredible leader. She has led the charge for voting rights, which is at the root of just about everything else. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he would consider supporting bipartisan legislation to make government shutdowns more difficult now that federal employees have returned to work after a partial shutdown that lasted more than a month. Chicago police say they are investigating an assault on Empire actor Jossie Smollett. They are treating it as a possible hate crime after Smollett claims two men yelled racial and homophobic slurs and wrapped a rope around his neck. Police did not identify Smollett by name. The 36-year-old actor who is gay was reported to be in good condition by authorities after taking himself to the hospital following the incident. R&B singer James Ingram has died after a long battle with brain cancer. Ingram is best known for songs like Just Once and 100 Ways. The Grammy winner also worked with a number of other artists, including Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones. Ingram was 66. The president now says they are all on the same page. His intelligence team, the same team that he said should go back to school. Mr. Trump originally said his team had it wrong about Russia, Syria, and North Korea after they testified in public. No, I disagree with certain things that they said. Several hours later, the president said his intel people told him they were misquoted. They said it was fake news. Again, those advisors made those comments in a live broadcast for all to see. Senator Cory Booker announced he's running for president, becoming the second African-American and fourth senator to join the growing Democratic field. The former Newark, New Jersey mayor has made no secret of his White House ambitions. Booker, New Jersey's junior senator, is running on a message of unity, love, and bipartisan cooperation. President Trump and congressional Democrats are standing strong in their positions over a wall on the border with Mexico, raising new doubts that they can reach a deal even as negotiations are getting underway. If they don't have a wall, I don't even want to waste my time reading what they have. 
because it's a waste of time. That's Mr. Trump, and then this from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. There's not going to be any wall money in the, in, the, in the legislation. Congress has a February 15th deadline for coming up with a new plan to secure the border. Without a deal by then, a partial government shutdown could resume, or the president could declare a national emergency. Y'all, and that's uh, that's the week that was, man. So much stuff happened this week. Um, Rand, you know what? Let's let's start off, man, before we get into some of the political stuff. You know, everybody's been talking about the just the Jussie Smollett uh, attack in Chicago, man. Uh, any thoughts on that? Man, it's, it's horrific, man. It really is horrific. You know, well, it really doesn't matter what that man's lifestyle is. Mm-hmm. It, man, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't warned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's we we need to move past this. Yeah, we 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 need to move past. Yeah, we need to stop labeling people based on their lifestyle, their religion, etc. We need to move past this. We need to, as Dr. King said, let's start measuring people by the content of their character. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What amazed me, and um, you know, and 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 still, it's under investigation. Um, you know, uh, the Smollett family has made a statement. Uh, Jesse has come out and made a statement. But but what is is troubling and disheartening, the, I, and I don't follow these guys, but you see in the stories uh, the um, the tweets coming from the conservatives, um, or I don't even want, I, I don't know what to label them. Like the Candace, what's her name? Candace, um, uh, uh, what's his name's favorite uh, conservative? Um, Candace came out, and and they are doubting or or, or pushing back on his story. And and it, it's just amazing, man. It, it, it's kind of like it, the investigation's not done. Um, you know, it, it, it's still being. Uh, you know, they're still looking at video. Uh, and and these these MAGA people, MAGA, MAGA, whatever you want to call them, are coming out saying it's all a lie, uh, perpetrated well, by the left. And yeah. and it's just it's it's just dis- discouraging, disheartening, man. I mean. Well, it's, it's, it's downright disgusting, man. I mean, I look at it from the standpoint. I mean, A, uh, none of the key LGBT community leaders are speaking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That make, that lets me know right now, even within the LGBT community, people of color are are second rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, second of all is, you know, it's, it, it's it, I know we'll probably talk about it later, but it's amazing how we will doubt this black man on an attack, but yet they're giving this white boy in Virginia governor a second shot at being a racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it just, what's, what I'm noticing now, I mean, I, I, I know this is Black History Month, but one, I read something um, this past week about in New Jersey, they're going to make LGBT community um, history. 12 months. They're going to make, they're going to do what? Repeat that one more time. Word dropped out. History? The LGBT community history. Okay. It's going to be a 12 month thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. 12 months. So what's happening now is that the LGBT community, they have become the new minority now, mm-hmm. the new disenfranchised. They are the gangsters now. Wow. And so, so now everything now is binary. If you're not gay, you don't count. Wow. Because they're scared of the gays. I mean, really. And so now, here we are, a black man, and also an, a, a gay black man, was assaulted. No one is coming to his defense. Mm. If he was a gay man, gay white man, or a gay woman, or a straight woman, 
people will come to your defense. Hmm. Yeah. You know, we'll, you we'll, know? we'll see how it plays out. But, um, you know, the, the shocking thing for me um, was how soon these guys came out to discredit discredit his statement um, just because, you know, because the guys apparently allegedly um, were wearing MAGA hats. And because um, they know they got those type of wall- yahoos in, the, in that organization and they got to do everything they can. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Um, we love your feedback, by the way. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. Um, homies underscore GP3 or just uh, if you have a comment, just make sure you hashtag GP3 homies. You can do that as well. Um, R&B star man James Ingram passed away this week. Um, this was a shocker, man. Um, and, you know, I call James Ingram the most underrated R&B singer of all time, man, uh, because you know, even though people knew the voice, they never really, you know, knew the man. He was he, he he really flew under the radar. And I guess you could call it the Quincy Jones radar because he, he lended he, he, he put his voice out there for Quincy Jones uh, in a major way, Grammy winning way with the dude. And, and, and I think one more album, uh, a couple of other albums, including uh, Back on the Block with the you know Secret Garden song. Um, just, you know, yeah, 66. I say gone too soon. Um, he, he'd been dealing with brain, um, you know, brain cancer for a while. So just want to say rest in peace. And, and I still I call him the most underrated R&B singer of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, put, I'll put him in that category, man. And uh, I'll put people Bryson in that category, too, man. I mean, yep. these uh, these guys were the voices of the 70s and 80s, man. Mm-hmm. And they ushered in a whole new generation. And I think a lot of people don't realize that James Ingram did so much behind the scenes in production. I mean, you know, he's one of the, he's one of the credited co-writers for Michael Jackson's PYT song. Yep. I mean, you know, yeah. Um, so a lot of people don't realize that you know James was doing singles for fifty dollars a pop demos, and he was actually writing a lot of stuff, and a lot of this stuff got picked up by other artists. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, you know, James, uh, Peebo, Jeffrey Osborne, all those guys, man, man, great singers, great voices, but vastly underrated and underappreciated. And everybody remembers Jamo B there <laughs> with with Michael McDonald. Oh, oh yeah, I mean James was probably one of the greatest. Um, Patty Labelle? Uh, no, was he? Guys. No, he wasn't on with Patty. I don't think he ever did anything with Patty. But go ahead. He's one of the greatest duet guys out there. I mean, you know, like um, what's that guy? He's 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 no longer with us. Um, he was in the hip hop community. Um, Nate. Uh, Nate Dogg, he's oh, yeah, like Nate one Dogg. of the greatest hook guys yeah. in the hip hop community. Yep. And James Ingram was probably one of the greatest duet. If you if you were a female and you need or, or a white artist and you needed a a, a male, mm-hmm. you call James. Up. Yeah, he was the guy. And you know what, man? One of the things I did not realize, I was a huge fan of the group Switch. Switch. I don't know if you re- you remember Switch. You got to remember. Yeah, Switch. Switch. Um, they'll never the be. was in that group. Yep. And his brother was in the group, Philip Ingram. Um, and, um, you know, talented family from Ohio, but you know, the other thing was, man, I met James or, or saw him at an event or a concert backstage and this dude was unapologetically black. He was, <laughs> he was like, you know, he, he, cause his music crossed over. You think he might walk up to him and say, hi, how are you? No, man, James was down. I mean, James, <laughs> James was unapologetically brother. And, and he was down to earth, real cool. 
you could have a conversation with him, man. He was, you know, he was that kind of guy. So rest in peace, you know, James Ingram gone too soon at age 66, man. Yep. Hey, man, uh, moving on. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask the question and then play a little bit. And, and I want to come back to this. You mentioned uh, the Ralph uh, Northam thing, uh, which really hit at the end of the week. But but something else came up and, and I want to play a clip of it, Ran, with how many chances Bill Maher going to get, first of all? Well, <laughs> I'll ask that. But second of all, can racists be allies? And and let's um, I want to play. I did you get a chance to hear the clip or see the clip of Bill Maher? No, man, I, I've stopped watching Bill Maher. Yeah, I, I have, too. I have, too. But I want to play this because folks may uh, may not be aware of what he said uh, when he was talking to uh, the congressman, Bill Hurd from Texas. And, and you really have to hear it to put it in perspective. And I'll play it. Here we go. Are you a Republican, like, through your parents, historically? I'm just asking why you're a Republican. Well, look, I, I'm, why anyone is any party. I'm not, I'm a, not being snarky. No, no, why are you? I'm a Republican because I, I believe in limited government. I'm a Republican uh, because I believe but in they the don't rule do of that. law. I'm, I'm a Republican because I believe in economic opportunity, right? Do that either. But there are some warts. There are some warts on, on, warts. on, the, on the party. But also you can say the same well, about like, the others. But, but he, here's where I think we should get to, right? Instead of talking about all the things that divide us. Let's talk about those things that actually unify us. Because I've crisscrossed 20... They don't do that either. <laughs> Both sides, right? I'm just asking why you're a Republican, because they're not good at the debt. That was their big thing. You said limited government. They don't do that. They took over the Congress in 2011, and they raised the debt a trillion dollars a year. They're not good at national defense. The president's a traitor. What, I, 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 I don't know in it for you. What, what, is, what is in the Republican Party for you? I, I will say this. You were in the CIA. I was in the CIA for almost a decade. I was the dude in the back alleys at 4 o'clock in the morning collecting intelligence on threats to the homeland. I did That's where they collect them, huh? It is. It is. Wow. I, I, I did two years. the Popeye's chicken. <laughs> I did two years in India. Uh, two years in, in Pakistan. I did two years in New York City doing a lot of interagency work. And then a year and a half in Afghanistan where I managed all of our undercover operations. So Bill was going fine. And then he had to interject the Popeye's chicken statement. And, you know, that's why I ask. And and then you've got the Democrat, um, Democratic governor, Ralph Northam. Uh, You know, he's being called on to resign uh, based on him taking the photo or now he's denying that he's actually in the photo. One's a guy in blackface, the other one in the Klan outfit. And 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 so far, folks who've asked him to resign ran. I'm going to go down the list of folks who've asked him to, to resign from his state. Douglas Wilder, uh, the former governor, uh, Tim Kaine, Mark Warner, uh, Virginia Rep, uh, Bobby Scott. Uh, the Democratic Party of Virginia is asking him to resign. Uh, the Legislative Black Caucus of Virginia is asking him to resign. And among the presidential hopefuls, you got Kamala Harris, uh, Julian Castro, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, I, I can't say this guy's last name. He's the mayor from uh, South Bend who's running for uh, for for uh, president as well. Kristen Gillibrand, uh, Cory Booker and Eric uh, Swalwell, John Delaney. And then the National Dems, Nancy Pelosi is asking him to resign. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and of course, Hillary Clinton. Um, 
What are your thoughts, man? I, I, you know, of course, he took the photo back in 1984 at a med school, in a medical school uh, that, that allowed this to go into a yearbook. Uh, any, any thoughts on this, man? Well, when I was growing up, Virginia had a slogan called Virginia's for Lovers. I think they need to change it as Virginia's for Racists. And also you think about what happens in Charlottesville. Okay. Virginia is a, there's a reason why they held that rally in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Okay. Held it in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, remember this guy, Northern was a lifelong Republican until recently. Wow. Okay. Uh, he went to VMI. VMI is one of the top 20 most conservative schools in America. Okay. Yeah. And to your point, I can't believe that a university would allow that to be printed in their yearbook. And if you look at the page on his page, uh, bef- uh, just before him, because uh, he shared the page with another another student, and that student had an application. I'm sorry, repeat that one more time. You dropped off the rank. On ahead. the yearbook page, uh, he had half the page, and the other page was occupied by another student, and that student was an Asian, mm. an Asian student. Mm. You know, his story is so problematic from the standpoint of, first he says, yes, that was me. No, it wasn't me. Then yesterday he says, well, I spoke to some friends of mine. I wasn't at that party. Let me tell you something. You know whether you were at the party or not. No one has to tell you you were not at the party. 84. Shit, 84. Right. Yeah. Right. 84. I, I mean, I'll I put it to you like this. I could probably tell you every party I went to in college. Hmm. Okay. You better than again, me. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, <laughs> again. But, but I get your point. university allowed this to be published. Yeah, yeah. Also, too, what's interesting is why wasn't this brought up by the opposition research? Yeah, that's that's another question that came up as well. Because when you yeah, do opposition I mean, I mean, research, I mean, you this, throw yourself in there as well. Yeah, yeah. And then then he tries to whitewash this by claiming ownership. He did something racist by Michael Jackson imitation at a party in San Antonio. You can remember that. Mm. Yeah. And let's get one thing straight: whether it's 1984, whether it's 1876, or 2019. Blackface is racist, yeah. regardless of what time. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately, I hate to say this, this guy's going to get a, he's going to get a pass because right now, our our current world with this new president, lying is okay, particularly if you're a white boy, and white boys always get multiple passes. Mm. You know, the interesting thing, um, Mayor Bottoms uh, was on CNN uh, this week. And, uh, you know, talking about the Super Bowl and they asked her what she thought about this. And she pointed to the year and the things that were going on. I mean, she said, you know, this is the year of Purple Rain. Uh, She just went down the list of things that were. Jesse Jackson. What's that? Jesse Jackson. Yeah, Jesse Jackson ran. You know, she went down the list. And she said, this ain't 1964. This is 1984. You know, that, 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 you know, that you're standing there in a Klan's outfit and, and blackface. You knew better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you knew better. I'm, you know? still, I'm still tripping on the story, Tommy, that, yes, that was me, but I don't know which one was me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. No, I wasn't there. <laughs> Uh, my friends told me I wasn't there. Yeah. So therefore, I wasn't there. Yeah. Oh, God. There were two devils. I, I I just don't remember which devil I was, <laughs> which right. version of the devil. Right. 
Yeah, it was crazy. And, but back to your point about Bill Maurer, man. Um, you know, he's a he's a big proponent of freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. I believe in freedom freedom of speech, but I think freedom of speech comes with responsibility. Yeah, agreed. And I think right now he's abusing it. Well, you know, he's had multiple multiple incidents come up, right. and and somebody pointed right. to the fact that because um, he didn't have to say that he was really right. You know, his conversation. See, we don't watch his see because yeah. we as black folks don't watch his show. Yeah. I used to. We watch. don't know this. I used to watch. I know. But I'm, I, I'm I, just saying. Yeah. Majority of black folks do not watch his show. That's not his target audience. Yeah, but I will say this, and and that's why I asked the question: Can racist can a racist be an ally? Uh, and and let me let me let me go back. And, and full disclosure, uh, I, I mean, I attended college, man, at, at, at the end of high school. I, um, I had an opportunity to go to a few schools, HBCU, um, multiple schools throughout the country, Indiana, um, you know, all, all, all different types of schools, uh, pretty diverse list. And um, uh, Troy, Troy University came to me, Troy State at the time, with a full ride. And, um, and it was a pretty nice deal. Two things scared the, scared the shit out of me, kind of, you know, made me crap in my pants about the offer because uh, I'd lived in Georgia uh, and, and lived in the Atlanta area, which, as you and I both know, it's a bubble. Um, first of all, Alabama was scary, was a scary place to me based on, you know, my studies of, of the things that occurred in Alabama. That was number one. And you know what number two was? You can't, you'll never guess. The name on the scholarship was the George Wallace Scholarship. <laughs> and and when I saw that, I said, nah, I can't do this. And one of my mentors, man, came to me and said, look, she was from Birmingham. Uh, as a matter of fact, her family, I think her family attended the church that was bombed. And they weren't in, in, you know, impacted by that, but they knew a lot of people who had been. And she came to me because I turned it down. And she said, you know, I want you to go back and accept that scholarship, you know, and, and me, you know, young, think I know everything. I'm like, hell no, I ain't going to do that. You know? And she said, no, because he owes it to us. He owes this to, for all the things he did, he owes it and you need to take it. And if you care about me and my family and the things that we went through, you'll take it. And that's why I ask. And, and of course, this is recent history. When you talk about these guys, Mar is not is nowhere near. And I'm not sure if he ever. But I, I will say this, Rand, you know how he gave a million dollars to the Democratic Party last year and continues to give money to the Democratic Party. And then you've got Ralph Northam, who is basically he's a Democrat. He's a, he ran as a Democrat, won as a Democrat. He got black votes that enabled him to become governor of Virginia. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting, interesting conundrum, but I'm willing to bet you that we could pull any one of these white politicians background and you could find something like this if they're old enough. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. that doesn't give them a pass, but, but no. I'm just saying, but, but, but again, back to what I, I mentioned earlier about them, the, the gay community being gangsters. Yeah. Think about Kevin Hart and those comments he made. Yeah. Yeah. They pulled him from the damn Oscars. Yeah. They were making that guy's life miserable. Yeah. This white boy has so much gall. Yeah. He's going to sit here and say, you know what? 
I don't give a shit what y'all think. I'm I'm keeping this job. Because I, I, you know what? Yeah, Because yeah. I ain't going to let this black man become governor. Yep. The he would be the second black governor um, right. after uh, right. Douglas Wilder. And, yeah. and, so, and so basically, I think what's happening is the guys behind the scenes, mm-hmm. they basically said, look, we, we don't want this black guy to be governor. Mm. Don't give up the shit. Interesting. We're we going to ride this out. Trust me. You're a white boy. You're going you're gonna to be okay. I don't think it's going I don't, I don't think he's going to make it through the week. We'll see. When we come back next week, we'll see. I, I hope not. I hope not. I, I hope, hope not he too. does the thing of courage because mm. right now he's not showing any courage. No. He's not owning up to this thing at no. all. No. No. All right, man. Uh, 2020 watch. What did you think about the, the Kamala? Um, last, uh, last Sunday we did the show. Uh, she was making the um, about to make her announcement in Oakland and, and of course, town hall, every, everything throughout the week. What do you think about her week this week? I mean, I, I mean, she had a great week. I think both her and Corey, I mean, quite honestly, their messages are so similar, just mm-hmm. different styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, they are hearkening on uh, basically using some Obama themes. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I do give them credit that Obama did not do. They are not running away from race. No, they're not. And I think, you know, um, as a brother told me a long time ago, he said, you got to look at Obama's like Jackie Robinson. He ain't perfect. He's the first one. Mm-hmm. Remember when Jackie came in, he wasn't the best Negro League baseball player. No, he wasn't. Five years yeah. later, Willie Mays was there. So so what we're seeing now is probably more the Willie Mays and the Hank Aarons coming along after Obama. Yeah. Um, I think the challenge is going to be... Um, we got to find, if you want to beat Trump, you got to find a white boy or somebody black who's from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. on the opposite ends of the coast, you got to get you got to get those guys in Detroit, Canton, Ohio, Erie, Pennsylvania. You got to find a candidate who can galvanize those people. So you don't you don't okay. think um, and, and, and this is really kind of far. No, I, mean, yeah. I mean, Kamala has. Kamala has California. She has all the liberal strongholds. Mm-hmm. Corey has liberal strongholds. Mm-hmm. But it's about going into those areas. Maybe, I don't know about Beto. Maybe Beto is the guy. Because he's from Texas. Jesus. No, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But you, you, got to have a, you got to have a candidate who's going to get middle America. <sighs> okay. Um, Cory Booker, man. Cory Booker. Um Kicked off his 20, 2020 presidential campaign, and one of the first things he mentioned was legalizing marijuana. Um, he did a radio interview, and um, he's been focused on marijuana legalization for a while. Um, you know, and that's part of his his broader uh, criminal justice reform. Uh, the other thing he mentioned that the the other thing that came up, I guess you would call this maybe something that would differentiate. Him from Kamala, uh, the healthcare, uh, uh, Medicare for all. Whereas Kamala mentioned getting rid of uh, any type of private healthcare or or option for private healthcare insurance companies. He doesn't agree that we should do that. You know, which I'm I'm kind of I, I don't see uh, I don't see them because so many of these these politicians are beholden to the insurance companies. I don't see that happening for Kamala. Um, so, so Corey is in opposition, but it's interesting that they both were, I think they, they um, have co-written off or they're, they're on 
the Bernie Sanders Medicare for all. They're both they both signed up. It was co-written by by Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. But that's where they that's where they differentiate differentiate themselves on private insurance. So, well, you know, right now, it's so early in the game right now. I mean, it is. It's so it is early. It's so early in the game. I mean, it's still at the tip off, man. They they still sing the national anthem, man. <laughs> yes, they are. I mean, speaking of, know, speaking yeah. of that, uh, well, not the national anthem, but speaking of another national issue, twenty twenty watch Howard Schultz, man. Um, you know, he's the he's the new H. Ross for Perot. That's George Bush. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Schultz is afraid, though. His concern is he doesn't want the Democrats to nominate a quote unquote radical. Uh, so that's why that's one of the, his, his excuses for jumping in. Uh, there hasn't been. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. You know, the country has never has really never had an independent run and win, except for damn George Washington, the first president who was, quote unquote, independent. Um, and and of course, the Democrat, the Democrats fear exactly what you said, Ross, the Ross Perot uh, taking votes uh, from um, the you know Ross Perot syndrome, uh, entering the race and splitting the Democratic vote and, and giving it to Trump. Um, I just don't believe, Rand, that Howard Schultz is a centrist when you listen to him. He just sounds like a never Trump Republican to me when I hear him talk. Have you, I mean, I, I saw I thought he was horrible on the 60 minute interview and most of the interviews I've heard him on. And this is the, di- the difference between, I think, in my opinion, I thought Ross Perot was a pretty good character. I thought in terms of how he engaged the public, he was funny. But but Schultz is boring. I mean, he's boring as shit. It's like not not you know quote unquote most you got are, you got a ceo in office right now he ain't boring <laughs> well i, I said most i didn't say all <laughs> guy you got an office right now is a, is, a, is a character actor that's all that's, yeah, that's yeah. what that is yeah you're right he's a con yeah but um you know um time will tell man we don't know how long shows is gonna how long he's gonna be doing this you know yeah and you know what have at it uh go for it uh, I just don't think he's going to be able to galvanize the vote. Um, he just, you know, I, I, I don't. We'll see how that goes. Uh, real quick, man, shutdown update. Um, and and you, you had mentioned this before, man. The Republicans are really not wanting another shutdown. And no, no. Cause they, they got they got to go home and answer too many questions, man. Yes. And and that's why, as as we heard in, in the week that was, you know, McConnell really wants to try to enact uh, something in writing as a law uh, to really make these shutdowns more difficult in the future. Um, and, and of course, you had, the you know, half a dozen uh, GOP senators defected last week, you know, and, and Trump had to change his tune, you know, so. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, we have until the 15th. Um, I think uh, we got the State of the Union coming up. Um, I think that um, my prediction is that I think 45 is going to make this a national emergency. And well, yeah, yeah. But again, um, a lot of the Freedom Caucus guys like Mark Meadows and stuff who've been allies have been basically trying to pr- dissuade him from saying that. Because they understand that once a Democrat comes in office, 
uh, it, it will open up the door for a Democratic uh, president to declare anything on national emergency mm-hmm. to get initiatives through. For example, he could someone could say, you know what, we got a gun control issue, so I'm gonna make that a national emergency. And you know, I was you know just looking at Bloomberg. Two thirds of Americans oppose uh, Trump declaring a national emergency. Two thirds. Yeah. You know, here's a guy who's who's been boxed in. All he's doing now is, is trying to protect that forty something percent. Mm-hmm. That third. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever it is, he's trying to protect that. And his third. And then being called, then being called out by um, you know Laurel Ingram and all the other uh, conservative pundits as being a punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that's just that's eating him up. Yeah, his entertainment crew. Yeah, yeah. Hannity and, yeah. and and Limbaugh. You know, people don't realize those guys are entertainers, man. They, you know, they, they are they're entertainers. And a lot of the stuff they say mm-hmm. is based on their financial gain. Yep. These guys are making money off it. a shutdown somehow is benefiting someone. Driving ratings, driving audience. That's basically it. That's right. That's right. Hey, man, looking at the White House as the White House turns, a couple of quick things. Um, of course, I mean, the whole Intel thing was a joke. Um and, and and again, what frustrates me, one of the big things among many things that frustrate me about the whole administration is the gaslighting. When we sat there and watched and heard the playback of the video of these guys saying what they said, 45 comes back and basically said, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? You know, first of all, he gonna say, he's going to say they, they need to go back to school, then corrects himself and says, oh, they say... They didn't say that as fake news. Amazing. That just is amazing. Mind, mind boggling to me. Well, uh, look at it like this, Tommy. About 90 percent of the people uh, don't don't listen to the news mm-hmm. to see the, the entire testimony. Yeah. They're getting sound bites. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for him to say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he knows, but, it. you know, and, and, and but at the end of the day, though. It's um, those senators and congressmen sitting in that room. They know what's up. Yeah. Also, man, another amazing thing, Trump Organization. You know, they don't have E-Verify at most of, you're familiar with E-Verify, right? Right. I don't think I've ever worked in the last maybe 20 years or or 10 years at least where E-Verify wasn't in place. But his organization is just now looking to get E-Verify, which is amazing to me, considering the number of immigrants who work for uh, the Trump organization, just getting E-Verify, you know. Dude, it's a family-held company. It's not a sophisticated company at all. Well, lawsuits are, <laughs> I'm, I'm just here to tell you, um, you know, it, he's about to get hit with so many different lawsuits because they fired people um, and they're just applying the E-Verify system, which verifies workers as to whether or not, you know, they can work in the U.S. Most companies, I don't have to explain that because most people who listen to this podcast probably have had to go through some kind of E-Verify question or or process before before they're employed. Uh, right. the, the other thing is Foxconn. And, uh, you know, first of all, Foxconn had planned to drop their big plan to employ all these uh, U.S. workers to build flat screens for 
just using in the U.S. scientists and, and developers and, and, and R&D, research and development. So keeping all that in Taiwan. And um, 45 stepped in, had a conversation with Foxconn. Now, quote unquote, the plan is back on. Um, yeah, but Foxconn has done this once before, man. Yes, they this have. Is, yes, they have. And Mo- done this once before. And also, the even though he stepped in, the plan is still smaller than the original plan. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about this multiple times. This is about automation, man. These companies are looking to automate not only in the U.S., but they're looking to automate in China, Taiwan, wherever else they're building with with robotics. That's part of that's the, what the jobs are, man. I mean, I hate to tell people that that's what your jobs are. Robotics, it's not going to Mexico. Robotics, man. A, um, AI. <laughs> I mean, you remember when Trump went up to a um, carrier? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, all those jobs that he saved are no longer there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know that GMNet is about to lay off um, approximately 4,200 salaried employees. Wow. Okay. And remember now, he was the job creator and he said, we're going to win so much, we're going to get tired of it. Well, yeah. damn, I ain't tired of nothing yet. Yeah. Um, but that's where it's happening, man. It's, you know, it, it's not that it's not the Mexican or it's not the, the guy from South America or the guy from China that's still in your job. It's the executives in the corner offices we're making these decisions to put robotics in. It's iRobot. <laughs> That's right. Will Smith. Right. <laughs> it ain't Will Smith. But That's what your job is. Your job is, is that is that white collar guy uh, who who's getting the $40, $50 million bonus. Mm-hmm. He's the one stealing your jobs. Yeah. One more, one more thing regarding the White House, man. You know, uh, 45 is right at 8,000 plus lies, uh, 8,000 plus untruths based on um, the tracker. You know, some people don't even have that in a lifetime. In a lifetime. Uh, and, and it's interesting because, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about the assignment next, uh, comparing uh, Obama to, to, to Trump. But, but do you know, this, this is what, again, you know, okay, call me naive, but it's, it's the disheartening thing where Franklin Graham was talking to Craig Melvin on MSNBC. He's going to hell, man. <laughs> and he's going to hell, man. He refused to acknowledge a single one of the falsehoods. And basically, he's saying only that Trump misspeaks. He doesn't lie, just like all of us. And his quote was, you and I both know that this president has said things over and over. No, this is what Melvin said. You and I both know that the president has said things over and over that aren't true. That's from Melvin. And Graham comes back and says, no, I don't know that. I don't sit around and try to find every fault in the president every day looking for everything that he might have spoken or missaid. I don't do that. And that's that's what frustrates me, man, that he lies. That's semantics, man. These guys, are, it's all nuanced language, man. That's, remember I told you about 20 episodes ago, these guys are masterful in creating language to get things to make points. Yeah. This is about language, man. And then Sarah Sanders and of course comes out and says that God appointed Trump. Uh or oh, yeah, she already got her, her spot warmed up in the <laughs> <laughs> Dante's <Jeez>. Inferno. <laughs> what yeah, ring? She, she already got her spot. Ring, her and Ann Coulter and Laura Ingram, they they're gonna probably share a three bedroom. Yeah, what room you what ring you want? <laughs> yeah. 
right, man. Hey, this is my assignment for y'all this week. Uh, and I'll have the link on the um, on the podcast page. But man, ent- ent- excellent job, Michael Harriet. Uh, I-, I love his stuff, his politics um, uh, uh, article, opinion article on uh, root, the root dot com. Big thanks to him at the root. Uh, he did a real two year kind of a side by side comparison of two presidents. I won't go into detail, but I'll just mention the um, the categories where he talks about presidential approval, the economy, the stock market, unemployment rate, uh, black unemployment rate, legislative accomplishments, overall winner. Uh, he gives he gives a, 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 a number on that or or his recommendation for overall winner. And then the article also talks about foreign policy. Uh, the other thing, Rand, I thought was interesting. He mentions the world leaders insulted by each president. <laughs> you want to compare it? I'm not. I, I want y'all to read the article. I'm not going to talk. It, it's funny. That's the. You know, he has a way. Michael has a way of throwing humor in there, which I think is cool. And and then he did a chart showing world approval, which I think is also very eye opening. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for y'all. I'll have the link on the podcast page. Again, kudos to The Root, Michael Harriet, for doing this, because I really think it's important to understand the truth, the real numbers versus what 45 says, because he's so full of himself, hyperbole and lies that everything is distorted. And you got to go to the numbers. And this is an article that kind of puts it all in one place. So that's my assignment for this week. Hopefully you guys have a chance to check it out. Uh, it definitely is eye opening and I think it'll help us stomach or get through some of the uh, the, the, the remaining half of, of what we have. If we do have half based on Mueller, <laughs> but I'm not counting on that. Uh, I, I'm just trying to get through the rest of this. So um, we'll see how that goes. Any, any thoughts on that, man? Have you read it? Have you seen it already? Yeah, I've seen it, man. It was... Uh to me, it was a no contest. <laughs> it was like watching Clemson beat down Alabama. It was no, it was no contest. Man. There were a couple of points, but but overall, man, it, it's just you know. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that's like Michael Michael did a Michael did point out is that in some instances, um, forty five numbers were very comparable to yeah. Obama's. Yeah. But look what he walked in, what was given Absolutely. to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so people don't realize the baseline was totally different. So if you said, okay, based upon the baseline, you have underperformed yep. compared to Obama. Which you started with. Yep. Absolutely. You, you started with a clean house, you know? I mean, people forget that his father gave him, you know, about a half billion dollars and he fucking lost it. Mm-hmm. You know, declare bankruptcy. I mean, I mean that lets you know uh, how smart, how good this guy is. If not for Deutsche Bank and the Russians, <laughs> you know, right, right, right. We may not have this problem, but um, here we go. Um, what you got, man? Anything before we get well, into man, the cousins' you know, corner? It's, it's some local stuff, man. You know, um, you know. One thing is, I just read an article. I don't know why I read articles about one of our entertainers, Bow Wow, and his oh. woman problems, man. Mm. I mean, I, I just wish these young men would, um, would, would, would get their acts together, man. Mm. I, I mean, I, these guys really need to understand problem resolution. They probably need them. Some of these guys need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, 
putting hands on each other is not a cool thing. No. It's not a cool thing, man. And if you got to if you're in a relationship with a woman who has to put her hands on you, you need to look at yourself. Mm. You know, you don't need to be in a relationship like that. Um, I, I saw I saw the well, photo and and it definitely it definitely looked like whoever he was in battle with had means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and and I'm not, I'll let you finish but but I saw the photo. Yeah, I saw I saw a mugshot, man. It's like, dude, come on, man. You you know, you're too old for this. Mm-hmm. You're too old for this. If if you're going to be in a relationship with her, you need to evaluate it. Yeah. You really need to evaluate what do you want? Um you know, uh, quote BBD, a good button to smile, man. That's that's all you want, man. And you know what? There's women out there that, that on an hourly basis can take care of that. Yeah. Um, also, too, I'm, I'm official now. I'm no longer defending Tiger Woods. <laughs> I've been a Tiger Woods defender, but now I can't. Uh-oh, what happened, man? Um, I missed it. What did? What, well, you know, what went he down? and uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, Jack M- Nichols, Nicholas mm-hmm. played golf for 45 yesterday at Key Largo, Mar Largo. But are you, well, I'm, I'm, I would ask, are you surprised? You know, um, it, 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 you know, it just says a lot to me about him. It, it lets me know how disconnected his life has been when it comes to the African-American community. Yeah. Yep. And, and I have to I have to fault his dad, dad, mom and dad for that, too. Yeah. I um, mean, this is just, yeah, it, you know, um, it doesn't surprise I'll, me, man. It doesn't surprise me. I heard um, Stephen A. and and uh, and Max Kellerman talking about um, his impact. Uh, and, and Stephen A. had mentioned that, you know, he's the reason why he, you know, uh, Tiger's the reason why he follows golf. As, as closely as he follows golf. But um, beyond that, man, as as just a human, you know, his humanity, that's a different conversation. And yeah, and that's unfortunate, but it's truth. You know, yeah, um, man, you know, that it just I mean, these um, it's just really disheartening. I mean, like, for example, um Clemson football team took a trip to visit the White House several weeks ago after winning the national championship, and the, and the president uh, gave this woeful display of fast food to these individuals mm-hmm. um, on silver platters, though. You know, yeah, <laughs> and you know, of the fifty-something African Americans on the football team, thirty-four of them didn't show up. The sixteen that did show up were primarily the ones who were trying to get a trying to get a starting position. Yeah. Okay. They probably were threatened, but, you know. Yeah, probably were threatened, man. And you know what? And then Alabama did it too the year before. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that really gets me upset about these coaches are these coaches love to talk about love and, and respect. But when you look at 60% of your team mm-hmm. is African-American and you're going up there to patronize a guy who wants to enslave or... A, a beat down the families of your players. 
Mm-hmm. How can you how can you sit there and stomach that shit, man? How can you do that? Yeah. And how can you go then sit in a in a parent's house telling them that you're about integrity and, and taking care of the young man? I mean, Steve Harvey said it the best. He says, poor people are the basis of my income. I will never support a person who's going to oppress the people that are de- that I depend upon. Is that why he showed up at Trump Tower? <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Well, yeah, well, you know, that was a that was a whole nother thing. He thought, you know, I think a lot of things, I think a lot of people thought that they could change Trump. <sighs> okay. I really do. I think, Dude, I think, I think, I think you know what? The guy people. goes back to the um the Central Park Five. I gave up on him yeah. during the Central Park Five. I, I mean, I have right. never watched a full episode of um the uh the apprentice, never ever me purchased too. any thing from him. He goes back for me. He showed his ass during the Central Park Five. That was cla- that was that was clarity for me. And and I don't know how much clearer you can get. And these people who right. want to, you know, Candace Owens is the, the Candace I was referring to. Um yeah. you know, at the beginning of the show. I, I, I just don't get it. I mean you can, you know, mm, you know, well, just Dar- like, Daryl like, Scott, like the, my you know, favorite whipping boy Paris Denard and all those other yeah, yep. clowns, man. I, I let. I mean, you can be you, you can do you. That's cool, but you know, ultimately, um, you know, the devil gets his due. That's ultimately, true. so you got anything else, man? Um, last the way, thing, Mitch McConnell. Oh yeah, and the power grab statement, oh, man. Oh lord. When you looked at the proposals that were brought to the table, I want to understand how is that a power grab? Mm. And then you're going to sit there and say by making voting, which is a sacred thing that you guys tell us all the time, Constitution, mm-hmm. how sacred it is. And you don't want to make it a national holiday. And you want to make comments that you're going to give federal employees uh, an additional holiday when they just got laid off? It was an insult. It was an insult. Right. Right. And and you and, know and what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, man. What? No, I was no, just going to say, man. Mitch is on that ring, too. Mitch, he, he got a ring over in Dante's as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, man. So, I mean, you know, those are the types of things, man, that I wish people would just sit and just listen to this shit and then really analyze it. Uh, because this 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 man basically saying I don't want none of y'all niggas to vote. <laughs> none, <laughs> none. I don't want no. I don't want no words. I don't want no no Mexicans. I don't want no gays. All I want is straight white men. Mm-hmm. Wow. <sighs> Anything else, man? You you rant. Before, I'm done, man. before, okay. All right, let's get into. I gotta get, I gotta get ready for the Super Bowl now, man. Uh oh, we're gonna come back to that. Together, man. <laughs> Let me go ahead. We're gonna play. Uh, we we gotta get into the Cousins Corner before we close. Let's go ahead and get into it. Here we go. What's up, GP3 Podcast? What's up, Tommy B, man? It's your boy, Cousin AJ. You know, we in Cousin's Corner again. You know, and, and th- you know, this week's a special week. You know, it's Black History Month. It's February. The Super Bowl going on. ATL going up. You know, but I want to take a second. I want to talk about something real quick. I want to talk about relationships. One thing that I've noticed, and I've talked to a lot of people about relationships, people don't trust each other. I don't know why. 
people so insecure and me personally I think it's because of the internet I think it's because of Instagram you know people always comparing their life to another life um hopes seeing if they man or they woman gonna leave them for this type of person you know I think the most important thing that you could do with somebody is communicate but not only communicate the other person has to receive that information that you're telling them now if you're not willing to listen you can't expect somebody to talk you gotta listen when you communicate with somebody day in and day out and as you learn somebody because it it takes time do not get me wrong it takes time to learn somebody but once you learn somebody and you communicate with them man i'm trying to tell you it's something worth having you know so we need more black love it's black history month and i'm just inspiring everybody out there that is with somebody or considering to be with somebody take the time talk to them get to know them you know because this person might be special in your life and they might be right for you but you gotta figure it out you gotta talk you know and I'm, I'm gonna leave a lot of people with this if you do not know what the Willie Lynch theory is you need to read upon that right now Willie Lynch wrote out a slave plan for slave masters to control their slaves and he said that it would last 400 years at least and today we are still living in the Willie Lynch theory we as black people need to know our history we need to know where we came from and we need to know how to stick together I know we laugh we joke we play but you know together uh, we the white man's worst fear so I love all my people Tommy B my guy always a pleasure GP3 I'm gonna catch y'all next week it's cousin AJ Oh, yeah. Cousin AJ, check him out every week. Uh, always got some wisdom to drop. Uh, everybody's favorite cousin. Uh, you can follow him, if you dare, on Instagram. And it's uh, Cousin AJ, at Cousin AJ, uh, C-U, not, not, not C-O-U, C-U-Z-I-N-A-J, uh, Cousin AJ. And uh, thanks, AJ, for dropping knowledge uh, for another week. And don't forget, y'all, we can, you can find us on Instagram, uh, GP3 underscore homies. If you go to Instagram and follow us, basically everything is there, man. All the links to the podcast pages. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, SoundCloud, Podbean, TuneIn Radio. You can search GP3 homies. Give us a review on iTunes. Give us five star. Um, you can support us on, on Patreon also, and that link is uh, on the IG page as well as castropolis.net. But definitely you can find that on the podcast page. Twitter, uh, at homies underscore GP3. Um, and, and, and something new on uh, Apple Podcast, you can now, if you, if you guys use Siri, you can basically say Siri, uh, play GP3 homies from the block podcast, and it'll come up via Siri. Uh, you can say, Siri, play the newest GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Uh, you can say, Siri, play the first episode of GP3 uh, Homies from the Block. Uh, also, while it's playing and you're listening to it, you can say, hey, you can ask Siri what podcast it is. Or you can say, Siri, subscribe to the show. So a whole lot of stuff you can do via Apple Podcast. Um and uh, beginning uh, next week, we're going to add um, the January episodes to YouTube. So you can also check them out on YouTube and the new, new newsletter is out this week. So we appreciate y'all. We appreciate the support, continued support, hopefully. And, uh, you know, Rand, thanks uh, for all you do, man. And, um, 
And uh, we will see, man. We got so much stuff happening and pending from week to week, man. Uh, every week we come back and, and do a checklist of what happened and what didn't happen. So uh, look forward to uh, to you coming back, man. And, and I can't believe you're watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> I watch the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> Are you going to kneel? I'm voting for the Rams. I'm rooting for the Rams, and I'm not watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> Shoot, man, after hearing about how they trying to open the roof up and everything, man. Come on. <laughs> Say what now? Oh, 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 oh. Trying to open trying up the roof. What's yeah, they want to open up the roof, man. So, uh, the favor to pay, the Pats. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you the, know, uh, the Rocky anti-dome. Goodell, Goodell and uh, Kraft, man, I don't, they, they, they got some romance going. Well, you know, it, it's, uh, how many Super Bowls has, has Kraft gone to now? Ten. We, ten. One six. This could potentially be seven. So yeah, I'm, I'm going for the Rams as well, man. I mean, not because you you know tired of Brady. You know, you know, you got to respect the winning. But um, you know, I, it, it's interesting, man, because the head coach uh, for the Rams is actually he's from Atlanta, of uh, the Atlanta area. He went to Marist High School. Um, okay. And um, you know, so so he's a homeboy. And um, as a matter of fact, his dad ran. Um, for a while ran WSB TV so um, he's got a connection to Atlanta man uh, so it's going to be interesting to watch that's the head coach which is a young guy yeah he was yeah McVay McVay was under 10 <laughs> when how old was he like a couple of years old when Brady won his first uh, Super Bowl it's amazing yeah so you know amazing story man we'll see all right, y'all. Uh, again, thank you so much for the support. Um, number 121 is in the can. We appreciate you listening, and we are out of here. Peace. Peace. You've been Take listening care, to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search gp 3 homies from the block special thanks to music by millennial nick rap sbdg graphics lady j thanks for listening